Hey guys, welcome to Storytime. Thank you guys so much for listening. And if you listen to the first and second episode and you're still coming back, thank you guys. It means a lot. Feel free to hit me up on social media or if you have my number and you want to give me feedback or just to tell me you listen. It really would encourage me a lot. On this episode, we have my good friend Charles Postel on the podcast, and I can't wait for you guys to hear his story. He has such an incredible view of God and such a great story to tell. We met in college, and he's been one of the greatest friends and greatest influences on my life over the past few years, so I'm, I feel so honored to be able to have him on the podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy it, but without further ado, this is story time. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I got my great friend Charles Pastel here. Yo, what is <laughs> up, bro? How's it going, man? It's going good. How are you, dude? Dude, I'm, I'm so excited. I'm pumped to be here. I'm ready for it, man. Let's go. Yeah, dude. Um, You've been in California for like two days. Yeah, yeah. I, I have like a history of just like dipping in and dipping out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and you're not even staying for that long. You're leaving in two days. No, I'm, I'm leaving sure. in two days. Yeah. So we, we got to hang out twice in like four or five days that's, yeah. that's wild bro it's it's been really good to be able to see you and i'm really happy that we were able to get this all together so oh yeah oh yeah we could make a podcast Dude, this together. is gonna be so fun i'm all about it bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay so why don't we talk a little bit about we when we met okay for do sure. you do you remember do you have any sort of memory okay of I, first I, meeting I, I know when i first saw and acknowledged your existence i don't know wait do you really <laughs> yeah i know what it's like <laughs> This is what it was. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, how did I meet Matt? This is what it was. We were at Upper Room. Okay. Right? Which uh, is our college-age ministry yes, in Yes, our college-age ministry in Joplin, Missouri. Um, and you were pretending to be Troy Bolton <laughs> doing the bet on me dance from high school Okay, excuse to... me. It's bet on it? Whatever, dude. <laughs> it doesn't matter. This man was doing this bet on it dance in front of like 80 people. And they were loving it. And I, I walked by and I was just like, okay, I'm vibing. I'm vibing with this dude. Okay. It was so, so peculiar. For anybody who doesn't it. know, I know all of the words. Yes. Basically to all of the High School Musical songs. And but I also know all of the choreography. I was just like, he knows what it. he's doing, man. This is rehearsed. <laughs> it was rehearsed. I remember being like 12 years old yeah. practicing that in my room. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, 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 I messed with the High School Musical movies. I never... I never got that far into it though. Oh yeah, you need to. It's um, it's vital. I don't know. I'm 21 and I feel like kind of kind of weird. <laughs> it's the best time to get into it. Like, like, like oh my mom just sees me like pretending to splash water in my face. <laughs> okay. oh, I my can't gosh. believe that you remember that. <laughs> when, that is when, when did you uh, remember like meeting me? Like what is your first? Yeah, it had to have been intramural sports at Ozark. Oh, okay. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Charles. Just graduated from Ozark, actually. Did, yeah. Um, but we went to the same college for three years now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, I remember my freshman year playing intramural volleyball, which right. was the first intramural sport that I played. Okay. Yeah. And we were up against a team with this crazy athletic guy. Yeah. And it was Evan Bruner. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I thought, it, it wasn't you. I thought you were talking about me. I was just like, oh man. No, it, it was Evan Bruner. Yeah, he's wild. And you were on his team. 
I feel like I feel like I was just a sidekick there. <laughs> just like everybody's a sidekick when it comes to Evan. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, he's he's a talent, man. He's he talent. is a specimen. Oh. But I, you were on that team, and yeah. then I remember we played intramural basketball together. We did, yeah. And yeah. I didn't even really know you, and mm-hmm. that's how we got to know each other a little bit. Yes. Um, yeah. But we never really got close mm-hmm. until really this past year. No, it was. I think it was. Uh, Around last year, maybe like spring semester of last year when we started going to coffee. Remember that? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. started going to coffee together, and I think that's just like how it... Whoosh, yeah, it all got together. Mm-hmm. Dang. And then this past year, <laughs> we've both been a part of this college-age ministry. Yes. Uh, you were an intern mm-hmm. with the college-age ministry, and I was just a big part of it. Yeah, uh, for sure. And we just spent a lot of time together, and yeah. now we're here. Yeah, dude. The relationship <laughs> has become something good. Yeah, My it bad. really has been. Uh, and so, speaking of intramural sports, you yes. are a big sports guy. Super, all about it. Yeah. All yeah. About it. What's your favorite sport? That's tough. That's <laughs> tough. I think it depends on the season. Okay, so like, the funnest sport to play for me is between volleyball and soccer. Like, I just have a blast. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd play soccer all the time Okay. in high school. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, so those are the funnest sports. I think I'm the best at basketball. And football okay but I, we had this conversation like I have no stamina whatsoever like I'm all <laughs> so, about speed and power <laughs> I have no endurance so you man. can play one down in football and then rest for oh, the I, next I, three I can, and then play another I one can, that one down oh my gosh I will blow everyone out of the water but then I was just like looking for my inhaler for like the next, <laughs> the next like three minutes <laughs> oh my oh my okay so, let's get into it. Yeah. Let's yeah. talk about your story. Okay. Uh, I want to thank you, uh, first of all, just for coming on this podcast and mm-hmm. being vulnerable yeah. and being willing to share these parts of your lives. For sure. Uh, but I don't know where you want to start it. Wherever you want to start it, go for it. Yeah. So, why don't we you know, begin to kind of paint a picture of who I am now so we can kind of track who I became over the years. Hmm. Right. So I think right now I would describe myself as a person who is just incredibly uh, intentional and relational. Like I want to have deep relationships with people. I will go out of my way to find people who don't seem to have someone to connect to so I can be that person to connect to them, to make them feel at home, hmm. to make them feel safe and loved and appreciated. Yeah. Um, so I'm all about uh, connection. If you're like familiar with the Enneagram, like I'm, I'm an Enneagram too. So that means just like, I want to help everybody. I want to take on their pain. I want to listen to them. I want to hurt with them so we can come out of this this thing and have a beautiful relationship uh, together. <laughs> so that's just like who I am. You know, like I graduated from Ozark and I want to, I'm going to move to Colorado pretty soon, right? Yeah. That's coming up. Yeah. So that residency that I'm going to be part of is a preaching and pastoral care residency. <laughs> so basically, you know, I'll just be able to teach a lot and preach a lot. But the main thing that I'm most excited for is to learn how to love and counsel people better than I think I am right now, hmm. you know? Hmm. So so that is kind of who I am. Um, but, you know, as you and I were talking about, like, what it looks like to, to take your past experiences and evaluate how they've molded you into who you are today, you know, I kind of had to go into why, you know, I long for relationship hmm. and, and to have people feel safe and comfortable hmm. and tell them about problems. And I think from what I've seen is that that goes back to my childhood and my family. Hmm. You know, like I think that 
you know, my entire story starts with God. You know, like I, I think I had just like this weird affinity towards Jesus when I was young. Um, and that kind of carried me through my middle school, high school and college years and now post college years. But even so, there was pain and brokenness in my childhood. Hmm. You know, and I, I, don't, I don't know if you're familiar, but like there's this kind of like philosophy with a lot of families is that you do not air your family's dirty laundry. Yeah. And, and basically what that means, if you're not familiar, is that you don't talk about the bad stuff of your family, you only highlight the good things. Yeah. You know, and I found that to be, I understand that. I also think that it's kind of destructive because in a way you don't allow anyone to fully know who you are if you don't let them know where you come from. Hmm. But there is a balance because you don't want to talk bad about your yeah, family. Yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Totally. So, so what I want to do is I want to um, not air out my family's dirty laundry, but I do want to honestly tell my story and that does intersect with my family history. Hmm. So I want to tell my story, and I, but I'm not going to talk uh, bad about my family, but I'm going to be honest about where I came from yeah. and the hurts that that produced. Yeah, of course. You know, um, So, you know, when I was young... I was I was a I was a chubby boy. I was I was pretty thick. <laughs> I was and not in the right ways. I was I was a fat kid. And oh that is that is okay. But right, but back then it hurt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I looked at myself, and I just was not happy with what I saw mm. in the mirror. You know, mm. and I remember hanging out with my friends, and my friends were, were pretty thin and pretty skinny. And I remember specifically one moment I was in my bathroom, and I remember looking at myself in the mirror. And I sucked in my stomach so mm-hmm. I could try to look like everybody else, mm-hmm. you know, because I wanted to be like everyone. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to have that connection and just be present, hang out with my friends in, in, in a safe way where I don't feel judged or different. Yeah. And alongside with that, you know, I have my, my family history. I'm the youngest of three and I am the only boy. And my mom actually came from uh, Panama in Central America, mm-hmm. you know, um, and she she was the oldest of like six or seven. And our her grandfather had left her, hmm. um, so she was the person who took care of all her siblings along with her mom. You know, yeah. so she took care of her family by working to relieve the stress. You know, so she was going to be working hard, going to make sure everyone was taken care of in that way. And one thing that I've learned is that as a two who loves deeply, actually, my friend Chris Brewer uh, helped me with this. He reminded me. That though I am so intentional on loving people well, I need to remember that I am a participant in love. I'm not a, the creator of love. Mm. Therefore, I do not have the right to say how one person loves another is wrong. Mm. So my mom loved by working hard. And she brought that to America. So now she, she met my dad in Los Angeles, California. And they have this beautiful family. And my mom still has the mentality that I will love my family by working so hard. Hmm. That's amazing. That's great. But also with that, here I am as a young boy struggling with the way I look from an early age. And I want to have that connection with my mother. But I can't because she is working and she's not she's not present. Hmm. So I remember when I was nine years old, I... I remember thinking that my mom, I feel like she's more of a roommate than a mother because I'll see her mm. every now and again, but that relationship that I would want from a mom, it's just not there. Yeah. You know? Um, so that was rough. 
and my, my oldest sister, she was in college when I was young. So when I started to grow up um, and didn't have my toddler memory, mm. you know, she was gone. So I don't remember those things that we did when I was two or three years old. Um, but what I do know is that she's not here now. Mm. And I remember thinking that and I was like, ah, that sucks. You know, because every time she'd come back from college, she'd be you know, we're like, we're in college. We sleep all day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I was just like, is she nocturnal? Like, what is going on here? She's never around. Yeah. Um, and that and that was tough. And then my other sister, you know, she uh, she had her own stuff going on. And we were super close. But eventually, you know, she just kind of drifted off. And I lost one of my best friends. You know, I always had my dad. My dad is... A superhero and he actually played the part of my mom and my dad but I I felt kind of abandoned by my family hmm. you know and every time I, well, not every time but most of the time I would try to do things with them together I tried us to to go and watch a movie to play a board game and they would just go their separate ways and I would try so often to get us to do something together and to hang out together and I was met with rejection hmm. and it hurt hmm. so after a while and I was just like, okay, you know what? I'm done doing this. I'm, I'm tired of trying to, to pull people together and then just being left alone and abandoned. So what I did is I put that energy into my friendships. Hmm. And luckily for me, it paid off big. Hmm. Like I have always, especially from middle school, just been blessed with incredibly solid friendships. You know, So I put all of that relational energy into other people instead of my family and I've been doing that my entire life mm. so we, we talked about this like not so long ago but like now you know I'm a, a college graduate mm-hmm. I'm visiting home and when I come home I feel I feel awkward and I feel strange because I, I just want to go back to my friends and make sure that they're taken care of and that they're doing well and when I go home I feel like the love I have for my friends should be present for my family but it's just not mm. You know, and that's just because of uh, what I've been going through for for all these years, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that longing also, you know, happened with the body image issues that I had up until college. Yeah. You know, because I, I you know, you, you kind of feel like you have to earn love and you have to be worthy of love. You have to do something that is worth it. So, you know, I, I wanted to be thin and to be muscular. You know, and I brought that into college, and that was that was like a two-year battle. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't okay with myself and what I look like until probably like the end of my freshman year. You know what I'm saying? So now, you know, coming off of that, like I need to look good for people. I kind of have this aura of independence. Like I, you know, I I'm gonna be myself. I'm gonna be me. I'm not going to go out of my way to try to impress anybody or be anything for anybody, I'm going to be who I am and I'm going to own it. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to be ashamed about it. I'm not going to apologize for it. Um, and that's kind of just like how I got to where I am now. Like, I'm a very intentional person. I'm very relational. But I'm also not really concerned with what anybody else thinks. Hmm. You know, yeah. I'm just going to be myself. I'm going to be, you know, who I think I am. And I'm going to... Uh, and that all happened you know, when I laid it before... The cross, you know, I just gave it to Jesus. Mm-hmm. I remember I was dating this girl at this time, and she's like, you know, you really do have, like, these body image issues. You really kind of need to figure that out. And I was just like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I saw she was right. You know, I took a bunch of selfies. I looked at myself in the mirror very often. 
I was flexing in the mirror, I'd carry a comb around <laughs> in my pocket or whenever I went in case anything happened with my hair. If it got too frizzy, just fix that up and everything. It was bad. <laughs> it was very intense. And I remember one day I just wanted to knock this off and, and people are going to feel different. But I remember feeling the Lord say, leave your comb in your room. <laughs> and that was like the first step to really just not being concerned about these external things. Mm. Just focusing on what's going on within myself, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, I think God has just done a lot of redemption with like a lot of the pain that I've been going through. Um, and he's just kind of given me security in, in who he is and who he says I am. You know, I don't need to do anything for God. Mm. I don't need to look a certain way for God. I don't need to clean up the things I've done, I can just go to him and say, hey, this is me, and he's accepted me, and he, he still does to this day, you know, and he's been so faithful, and all his, everything is done, man. He, he, you know, I wanted to be an actor when I was in high school, and he just brought me to, to Missouri and to Ozark, and, and now he's moved me to Colorado, and I've seen the faithfulness of God when I invest in him, in his relationship, as opposed to only investing in relationships outside of him I found that to be just like where I found the most security and the most peace you know so yeah yeah that's incredible dude thanks man it's, it's been a journey yeah, um, of course and I don't regret anything hmm. you know I think our pain has the opportunity to produce something beautiful within us if we choose to engage it well hmm. you know I think sometimes our pain, we allow just to be kind of like hangups and we hang on to it or sometimes even ignore it. And that I think that really produces the beautiful fruit that comes through doing the hard work of dealing with it, bringing it before God and allowing him to transform it into whatever he wants. Hmm. That's yeah. so good. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Yeah. Um, there's this big theme throughout your entire story of you searching mm -hmm. for this for this love yeah this longing for love yeah. this longing to be fully known and fully loved mm -hmm. how did that affect your view of God when you were younger mm -hmm. yeah well I wanted what was right in front of me you know I wanted a relationship with my mom I wanted a relationship with my sisters and I wanted a relationship with my friends when I didn't find what I wanted within my family. And I don't think that I turned to wanting a relationship with God until like around high school. Mm -hmm. I was just so focused with what I thought I wanted. So it might, what I'm saying is that like what I wanted wasn't God. It was something else, so I didn't pursue him at all. You know, like God wasn't on my mind because I had something else that I that I wanted. So it wasn't necessarily that like I had a skewed view of God. It was more so that like He's just not a concern right now. Hmm. You know, it's really interesting to hear you say that because your desire to be known and your desire to be loved isn't wrong. Mm -hmm. It's a holy aspiration. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what we were created for. Mm -hmm. As humans, we were created to be fully known and fully loved. Yeah. 
you were just looking for it in friendships mm -hmm. and it, it sounds like you started out looking for it in family yeah. and you couldn't find it mm -hmm. so you started looking for it in friends and what you found was some sort of validation and mm -hmm. love and just belonging yeah and yeah. was there a moment when you realized that that wouldn't cut it that mm -hmm. finding validation and that love from your friends just wasn't wasn't doing it for you anymore that there had to be something more <clears throat> mm-hmm yeah, so I, I want to compare it to this kind of... So it's kind of like, you know, when you're on Netflix <laughs> and then you finish a show uh -huh. and then you're like, nothing is going to be better than this show. <laughs> nothing is going to be better than what I just watched. And I'm convinced <laughs> of this. And then you start a new show and you're like, oh my gosh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> There's a show on Netflix and it's called The Circle. Oh my. And it's like, <laughs> it's like a reality show. And I just finished it like yesterday, like last <laughs> night. And I remember sitting there in my room at like 2 a.m. And I was like, nothing I ever watch in the realm of reality is going to be better than The Circle. And then I started watching Love is Blind <laughs> on Netflix. <laughs> my friend Courtney talked it up and I was like, let me check this out. And I'm just like... <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh my goodness. Like, it's so good. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so I think I think something similar happened in relation to God. Because I found this validation. I found what I wanted. And then suddenly I start engaging Christ in, in an intentional and full way. And then I'm just like, there is way more to what I thought there was. Hmm. There is so much depth to being known one of my nightly things that I do is you know I, I I'm in the habit of just like reading the Bible and praying to God um, and they, I honestly sit down by my bedside and I just talk to him about my day hmm. I'm just like this is what happened about my day this is what I well, what I felt I'm thankful for that this happened I'm kind of frustrated that this happened and I look forward to be able to sit down with God and just express what I feel without any fear. There's none. Hmm. There's no fear of like, oh, he's going to judge me. He's going to be upset. Because he already knows. He already knows everything. But being able to bring yourself fully. And just understand that there is a well of grace, understanding, and love. And even discipline sometimes. Hmm. It is so relieving. It's, it's perfect. Hmm. You know? Because like, like I said, like. I'm a person who loves deeply and loves well. I'm not the creator of love. I'm a participant of it, but he is the creator. Hmm. So it's just like, I think I know how to love well. And then I go to the cross, I go to God. And it's just like, there is way more than what I thought there was. It is so much deeper than I thought there was. And there's so much to learn and to just rest in, hmm. you know? Um, Man, the Lord has just taken me on this whole journey of engaging my emotions and bringing them to Him fully with no fear, mm. with no hesitation. And He's just so safe, man. He, God, is my best friend. Mm. A thousand percent. He's the first person I talk to when I wake up and the last person I talk to when I go to bed. Um, that, that this whole journey has been because of him and it is absolutely beautiful and I'm just so thankful 
Mm. Like every day now. That's so good. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was going through my difficult moment within this past year. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can listen to my podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the first episode. Uh, but when I was going through that tough time, you were one of the people who was there for me. Mm -hmm. And even just to up to a couple weeks ago, when we would FaceTime, and now mm -hmm. we FaceTime every week, and we yeah. do Bible studies together. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that you said to me a couple weeks ago was, Matt, God is my everything, mm -hmm. and God needs to become your everything. Mm -hmm. And that stuck with me. Yeah. It, it stuck with me, it, and you really do show that in the way that you live your life. Yeah, thank you, bro. Um, but it just made me think about how God needs to be there not in just the moments when I pray or when mm -hmm. I read the Bible yeah. but in the extraordinary and the ordinary mm -hmm. in the mundane things of life like God needs to be my everything that's a word that's a word um, and so for anybody who relates to something Charles said I'm sure there's something in there that you can relate to um, how would you say that your life has changed because of it mm-hmm since God has become your best friend yeah how would you say your life has changed well oh man that's why I have astigmatism <laughs> right what the heck <laughs> really, where did that come from I, I promise it leads to something <laughs> I have astigmatism is <laughs> if you don't know what that means that is red right now Matt is legitimately red right now. <laughs> it will, I promise, I okay, promise. I trust uh, I have astigmatism, which which basically, if you don't know what that means, is I have really bad eyesight. Like, it is incredibly terrible. I remember a couple years ago, uh, I tried on my dad's glasses. My dad is almost 70 years old. I'm 21, and he's almost 70 years old. And I remember that he, his prescription, or prescription, was weaker than mine. <laughs> so I was just like, this man is is at the end of his rope. <laughs> and I'm beginning to climb it. And we are not on the same page. So, <laughs> it's like, my life before Christ was life without the proper prescription. Because hmm. like, you have this view of the world and you have this honest view of people. Man, it's so easy to be so negative about the way people are. People can be trashy. Yeah. People can be mean and rude. Yeah. But then I put on this new prescription, which is engaging Christ fully with my everything, and everything I see changes. Hmm. The way I see people, the way I listen to people, the way I carry on about life. Do you understand? Growing up in, or, or being in the Midwest, as an, I'm an Afro Latino male. You can't really tell Latin American heritage because you see what you see. It's not easy. Yeah. You know, some sometimes people make really rude comments, hmm. and the the amount of times I have had just older white men, I don't know what they're thinking, and I'm not gonna try to pretend. But what I do perceive is an angry stare at me as I sit across the room reading books, standing in line, and there's the temptation to be angry. Hmm. You know. But engaging Christ with everything I am allows me to filter those things like I'm not going to be angry. What instead I'm going to do is I am going to not give them any reason to hate me more than they may already may have. 
Hmm. I'm not going to add any fuel to the fire. I'm going to forgive them. I'm not going to engage them. I'm not going to be angry. Hmm. You know, when my friends, sometimes, you know, we all, we all mess up. We all do stupid stuff. The temptation is just to be angry and to want to cut them off. But instead, the filter that Christ has given me is like, I'm not going to be angry with them. I'm going to tell them what I feel. And I'm going to sit and empathize and listen to them because the well of what they're feeling, more than likely, there's a reason for why they did what they did. Hmm. The lens of Christ has given me a filter of, of compassion. Hmm. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch the way I engage people, I'm going to watch the way I engage life, I'm going to, to watch the way that I choose to live my life, the way I say things, how I listen. Every aspect of my life is different in the best way because I have allowed myself to surrender to the will of God. Mm-hmm. And I cannot explain the beautiful bounty of gifts that he has given me. Dude, I graduated from Ozark debt-free. Hmm. Pe- ra- random people gave me money. Hmm. To, people I didn't even know to go to school and I was struggling. There were times when I had negative $22 in my bank account. Hmm. Struggling. But I gave Christ everything I have, and he just made a way. Hmm. Faithfully and consistently. Random people encouraging me. Random people giving me money. Random people taking me out to eat. Random people giving me a place to stay. He just changed the game, man. Hmm. That's incredible. And I think that, I think that is just the kind of stuff what happens when you choose to just give in to him. Hmm. It's painful. Hmm. It, I, I was ripped from my family and friends in California, but I met you. <laughs> I met all these amazing people, and that's because I gave Christ my life fully, and I don't regret anything at all. Hmm. That's incredible. I love that, dude. Um, one last question mm-hmm. uh, that I've been praying about mm-hmm. a lot, actually. Um and it's the question that I want to be asking everybody who comes on this podcast and mm-hmm. shares their story. Yeah. What is the message that you want your story to tell? Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> That's a good question. One thing that I, I've been hoping for for a while is that anytime you know I come into contact with somebody... Anytime I have a, a new friend, even an old friend, I've been hoping that they remember less of me and remember more of Christ within me. Hmm. I want people to know that even with all of the crap in the world out there, with all of our baggage and our pain, there is love. There is love, man. There's there is compassion. There's understanding and grace and open arms. I just hope people remember that there there is still good. Mm. That there is still love. That God is still present. Even when he feels so incredibly far away. Mm. I hope they see the love of the Father and the Son and the Spirit in me. Mm. And that's what I work towards. That's really good, dude. Thank you, brother. That's real good. Uh, for any of you who do relate to Charles's story, I, I think he would fully agree with the, the message that if you want to be fully known and fully loved, 
there is a God who does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there is a God who loves you, who does not ask in return. Mm-hmm. There is a picture of Jesus Christ on a cross, dying for the iniquities and sins of humanity, saying, no, you don't have to earn this. I did this because I love you. Mm-hmm. Please don't try to clean yourself up to come to me. I will welcome you with open arms. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't relate to Charles's story, there are people walking around this world who are just looking to be fully known and fully loved. And maybe you could care less. There are people who, who act that way mm-hmm. and who live that way. But there are people who are just desperately wanting to be fully known and fully loved. My encouragement to you guys is this. Have compassion Mm -hmm. and have love. Show them what Jesus has shown you, which is a love that was worth dying for and a peace that surpasses understanding. If you want to get in contact with either Charles or I, Mm -hmm. You can uh, find us on social media, mm-hmm. and if you do not have Charles's social media, you will be able to find his uh, his on mine, yep. and so you can find him that way. And please get in contact with us, yes. even if it's just to start a conversation, or you have questions, whatever it might be, we're more than willing to talk. For sure. We want to be there for you guys, because by no means is our story complete. Oh boy. <laughs> no, sir. There is still so many aspects of our lives that need to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. But we're doing it together. And so if there's an area of your life that you see that Jesus needs to redeem and you just don't know what the next step is, please reach out. We would love to try and help you with that. Oh, yeah. But thank you so much for for coming on this podcast. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm always down here now. You're one of my boys, man. I got you. Oh, you're my boy. Um, yeah, Charles is one of my best friends. Oh yeah. Uh, and I can't believe you're moving to Colorado. That sucks. I know. I'm I'm so sad. I mean, it's great for you. But I'm so happy. <laughs> but I, I, but it sucks. <laughs> yeah, but dude. I'm happy for you. It's gonna be it's gonna be good. It's gonna be tough, like any transition. Um, but I think it's gonna be just as beautiful as what Ozark was. Yeah. So. And I can't wait to see how your story unfolds and how our stories continue to intersect. Oh, yeah. But that's re- that's it. Yeah, that's man. the end of the podcast. So mm-hmm. we're ending the podcast with the same music that started it. Hey. See you, people. Peace out.